0: Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're gonna invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon, bye. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Well, hello there, friends. Welcome back to the show. Today is episode 16, Cultivating an Adventure Mindset. And I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you today. How are you guys doing? How are your holidays going? We're in December. We're in the thick of it. We have, like I talked about in episode 15 last week, chosen to forego some of our traditional holiday season activities in order to find a little bit more intention, a little bit more peace and calm, which is wild because I am traveling like crazy these first couple weeks of the of the month and it actually really feels good to know that the things that we've decided to do are what's going to get done and everything else can just wait. We can choose to do it our own way. Today we're not going to talk specifically about the holidays although the topic will relate to the holiday season and really to everything because this topic is about your mind. It's about the way that you perceive the events that happen in your life and the way that you can prepare yourself mentally to even further enjoy whatever it is that happens. Before I dive in with two feet talking about cultivating an adventure mindset, I want to share some of my peaks of the week. My first peak of the week is a Christmas album. It was created in 2011 by my friends Caitlin and Robbie Connolly, who have now moved on to bigger and different things. Caitlin is an incredible artist, and Robbie now plays the guitar for The Killers. So I don't see a follow-up album happening anytime soon, and I'm so happy that they had this time back then that they put their hearts into this album. It's called A Hue and Hum Christmas. It's five of the most beautiful, ethereal Christmas tracks that you will ever hear. And lucky for us, it's still available on iTunes. It is so beautiful and one of my very favorites at livefreecreative.co backslash podcast. I will link you straight to the iTunes album if you wanna check it out. It's really wonderful and my very favorite. The second peak of the week are... Trader Joe's soy candles. <laughs> if you have a Trader Joe's near you and you haven't yet tried out their candles, I'm telling you they are the best. There's a couple things that I really love about them. One is that they're really inexpensive for a natural soy candle. The tin burns for it says up to 24 hours. I've probably pushed it. I mean, I've had them I've had them last for several weeks burning a few hours a day so i feel like they do a a great job they're all natural and soy which means that they're not going to contribute to any of the sort of weird chemical funk in the air in the house so i love that and they're only $4.99 or $3.99 anyway they're under five dollars for one of these candles they have seasonal scents so that it's not like overwhelming with which of the 15 different options do i choose from usually there's only one or two scent options at a time right now it's a balsam fir for the holidays and so it's this really delicious piney smell but it's a natural smell it doesn't feel overwhelming or too fake if that makes sense i am planning on giving a trader joe's fir candle and a big juicy orange to each of my neighbors this year, wrapped in a cellophane bag, tied with some rosemary as a simple holiday gift. And I have really enjoyed... I actually took one with us. We went to Florida for Thanksgiving, and I I took one with us so that I could burn it in our Airbnb down there. I just love it. I think that that gentle scent whether it's a springtime scent or whether it's a winter scent like this Christmas one, just adds such a really cozy feeling to a home and a really inexpensive natural candle is a great way to achieve that coziness. My third peak of the week is a new book. The book is called Belong and it's by Radha Agrawal. I said that wrong, I'm sure, but anyway, I was at a conference in Richmond Uh, last month, and I was able to hear her speak. She is the founder of Thinks, the underwear company, and also the founder of Daybreaker, which is this movement of early morning dance parties, fitness dance parties, and they pop up in cities all over the world, and thousands of people will come together and dress up and it's a sober fitness inspired like holistic dance party and so rather than going clubbing to get your dance on you can wake up at seven in the morning i think it's at six or seven in the morning and you go dance for two hours and they have smoothies and they have some like green juice and you know healthy food there and so you get to really enjoy the experience of being in a big group and dancing and having a fun time and have it not be like a club scene which I love to dance. And I remember graduating from high school and feeling like, oh no, there isn't really an opportunity to go dance anymore because anywhere that you would go to dance is like a club or a party that I didn't really feel like was my vibe. And so I love the idea of Daybreaker. There isn't one in Richmond. I need to go go to one. <laughs> I think Washington, D.C. has some, and that's my nearest city, so I need to look it up. You should check it out. It's daybreaker.com, I think. So if you Google Daybreaker, you'll find it. I'll link to it in the show notes as well. My peak of the week isn't Daybreaker because I actually haven't experienced that yet. My peak of the week is the book written by the founder, and the book is called Belong. The basic outline of the book is discussing why we need communities and how to create a community for ourselves that we can be a part of that fulfills all of those needs of belonging that we have. And the whole idea just really resonated with me. I've talked about how we have moved around a lot as a family and a lot of I think our character and our adaptability and our coping has come from that, from really consistent change. And it has been so necessary at every step of the way for us to create a community and feel like we belong to our new home. I think people can sometimes go years without fitting in or without feeling like they fit in. And here's the key, without creating a community to fit into. I discuss how to make friends in episode three of this podcast, which is one of the highest listened to podcasts, which tells me that it's a need that a lot of us have and that we aren't necessarily fulfilling in the right way. This book really dives in deep and shifts perspective and gives tips to create a community that you want to be a part of and that you really feel like you belong in, not just online as well. I love that she discusses the difference between an online friend and what she calls a five senses friend, someone that you can hear and see and touch, someone that's present in your actual life in your city. And I know that there is such power in that, and it's really important to have that feeling of Friendship and community, where you are in real life. And so I loved all of the tips that she gave, and it's kind of like a work through book as well. There's questions, and you can fill in your answers within the book, and I love that format. And so I will link the book in the show notes. You can head straight there, click through, and check it out for yourself. My last peak of the week is a beverage that I had kind of forgotten about how much I need it and love it. A couple months ago, I sort of took a deep dive into reconnecting my relationship with this beverage and I really enjoyed it and so I just wanted to give a shout out to the one and only water. (laughs) You guys water is the best. I think that we often get so tied up in all the different options that are available for beverages. Right now what do we have? We have all of the mint holiday beverages. We have all the sparkling things. We have all of the cozy hot chocolatey things, we have all of the herbal things, we have, there are so many options for what to drink. We sometimes, I know for me, I sometimes forget that water is almost always the very best option, best in terms of what our body actually needs and can use. I love fun drinks. I'm the first to like create a special mocktail for a holiday party. For several years, I was like a 9 a.m. Diet Coke girl and I took a break in the month of October to reconnect to, with, with water. I took uh, the lead of John from Young House Love who does Aquatober and I did an Aguatober. As a Spanish speaker, I felt like I should, you know, change it to Agua. And I only drink water for the whole month. And doing that helped me realize A, that my body needs water and that it feels good when it drinks water, and B, that I don't actually miss out on that much when I am just a water drinker, that there's lots of other things to enjoy in life besides the millions of different beverage options. And so I'm just going to give a shout out peak of the week to my friend, Water, that has rehydrated me, reinvigorated my ability to make choices simple by having a go-to and so what I've decided is that I'm a water drinker if I don't have a specific reason why I need to drink something else then water is going to be my default that may seem really simple and for a lot of you that probably is just the way you operate but for a while for me that was not my baseline Like, if there was no other choice, then I would reach for Diet Coke. And so it was really helpful to have my baseline option be water. I'm a water drinker, water's the best. Shout out to water. That's my peak of the week. Let me now take you on a little story with me. (laughs) I don't know if I can take you on a story. I'm going to tell you a story of one of the adventures that I took several years ago as a young mom with my kids. So this is kind of my introduction to cultivating an adventure mindset. This experience was an adventure and I want to get into how to take some of the principles that make an adventure like the one I'm going to share successful or fulfilling and apply them to any type of situation that we are living in. That an adventure doesn't have to be going out in search of buried treasure or climbing the highest mountain. That every single day we encounter experiences that if we treat them as adventure with the principles that I want to discuss in today's show, that we will feel better more fulfilled, and happier. So to start, I'm gonna share an adventure that I went on with my kids. I've always loved a road trip. As I was growing up, my family did lots of road trips. I remember one in particular when I was about eight. We loaded in our 10-passenger van, (laughs) there were a lot of us, and we drove from Salt Lake City, Utah, up through British Columbia. And we went to the Alphabasca Glacier, and we went to Vancouver, and we went to Banff, And I remember having a turquoise sweatshirt with a hummingbird on it. And I think the hummingbird even was like a little bit shiny, like oily looking from Jasper, Canada. There were lots of times growing up that we would... Pack up in the car and get on the road and go. And we had the, you know, the old TV with the VCR like in the bottom of it. My dad would rig it so he could put a cooler in between the front two seats of the car and then put the TV on top of it, and we would have like a box of, of movies. I keep wanting to say DVDs, but they weren't. They were like actual VHS movies. He would bungee cord the TV onto the cooler so that it stayed in place so that as we were driving, (laughs) we could watch movies on the road because these were how long our road trips were. And I loved it. I loved um, the movies, the stretching out on the seats, the reading. I was an avid reader. I still am. And so I would read lots of books and see different places and get out to stretch our legs and get an ice cream at the gas station. And it was really fond memories for me. And so naturally, as I became a mom, road trips were something that just seemed like part of what we do, part of the culture of our family. So when my daughter Plum was six months old, that means if she was six months old, then Elliot was three and Milo was five. So I had three kids under five. I decided that for our summer break, I wanted to go on a big road trip, and visit my grandparents, who lived in Northern California. And on the way, I would see some friends in Las Vegas. And then after visiting Northern California, I wanted to stop in uh, Southern California, and then also visit some friends in Arizona, all the way back to Texas. So we lived in Austin at the time, and this was just like a huge loop that I wanted to do. Dave was working at a law firm in Austin at the time, and couldn't take four weeks off. That just wasn't in the books. And so I said, that's okay. You can come fly in and join us where makes sense for you. So we had like a little family reunion we were going to do in the Redwoods. Um, I said, why don't you fly in and meet us there? And then you can do, you know, a chunk of the trip with us and then you can fly back and keep working. He said, okay, if you're up for it. And I was like, yeah, why not? Like, what could I not be up for taking all my kids on a four week, 8,000 mile road trip? no big deal. So we packed up, we got everyone in the car and we printed out a Google map that showed our trip plan, where we were going to drive. And then along the way at the stops, my kids and I would color in how far we had gone. It was a big adventure. I remember setting out and starting to drive and telling the kids, so they're little. And I remember telling them, we have plenty of time. We can stop however often we need to. We don't have a specific itinerary that's strict. And so if you need to go to the bathroom, make sure you let me know. If you get tired, make sure you let me know. And the way that I decided to approach the trip for maximum enjoyment for all was that we were going to just experience the adventure. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen. We didn't know how it was going to work out. I didn't know exactly where we would stay all along the road. I planned on at lunch breaks, just getting the hotels um, for the night or planning on what friends we would visit in the upcoming cities. And so I had a fairly loose itinerary and I didn't really know exactly what was going to happen. And that was part of what made it feel relaxed because I we could go at our own pace. We stopped and ate ice cream on the side of the road about every three hours (laughs) for the first couple days. We made it up to Las Vegas where we saw some good friends and stayed with them for a night. And then we continued up through the central Nevada corridor. And I had never been in this part of Nevada. I remember long stretches of road with nothing but Joshua trees out the windows and pulling over and getting out so my kids could run around what we were calling Dr. Seuss trees because I hadn't, I don't know that I had seen a Joshua tree before and they were so interesting to look at. We saw a friend in Reno and then we went over the mountains and then we dropped down into Quincy, California, this tiny little town nestled in the hills of Northern California where we spent a couple days with my grandparents, Momo and papa, who have since passed away. And I am still so grateful that I took the chance that summer to just strike out with my kids and go spend some time with them. We spent an afternoon at Bucks Lake and my kids went down and threw rocks in the water. And I remember going on a walk around the the tiny town with my grandmother who pointed out sequoia trees that, you know, are older than the town itself in the regular neighborhoods. We just had the most wonderful time. After spending a couple magical days with my grandparents, we got back on the road and headed down to meet the rest of the family for a family reunion in Sequoia National Park and Kings Canyon. We spent a couple days there just marveling at the wonders of nature, these giants in the forests of California, and then continued on south. We spent a day in Southern California and then cut through Arizona headed toward Phoenix where we were going to spend some time with some other family and friends. One particular event from this trip that I remember fondly was driving through Arizona and getting off to get gas, seeing on the side of the road a big billboard for a place called bear which is very clever. It was like a wildlife preserve in the mountains of Arizona. I had never heard of it before. i had never looked it up. I was not intending to go there. We were simply getting off to get gas. But because we had the mindset of we have time, we're gonna see what happens and enjoy the experience, I said, well, you know, this looks fun. Why don't we try this out? So we drove over, followed the billboards to Bear, Arizona. It was, I don't know, maybe $20 for our car. To get in, and we got to drive through the animal preserve, and we saw bison, and we saw wolves, and we saw tons of bear, and we saw all of these different animals. You know, it's kind of one of those drive-through um, parks, and so we kept our windows rolled up. But all the kids climbed into the front seat, and I put Plum on my lap, and we just looked out the windows and just saw these incredible animals and then at the end of the driving tour you could pull in and actually go see where they're raising some of the bear there were baby bear climbing in the trees and then they had this whole exhibit of the teenage bear that were just you know working through some learning before they would be released into sort of the 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 wildlife preserve it was one of the most incredible experiences and my kids loved it we all have these amazing memories of our time in Arizona, and it's striking for me to realize that if we had not been open to the experience, we would have missed it. It was one of our favorite parts of our entire road trip, and if we had been in a hurry to go somewhere else or do something else, we would have missed it. For me, that idea of being open and staying curious is how we get to experience some of the most lovely pieces of life, and that encompasses the idea of an adventure mindset. Without an adventure mindset, the idea of spending four weeks in a car by yourself with a five-year-old, three-year-old, and six-month-old is enough to make you think you're crazy. Like there is no way that that could be fun. With an adventure mindset... The idea of spending that time doesn't feel crazy, it feels exciting and it feels interesting because you know that you don't know what's going to happen and that's okay. Because you are excited to experience whatever comes with a little bit of curiosity and some interest, knowing that you don't know what's going to happen is part of the fun of an adventure. So let's talk about applying an adventure mindset to everyday experiences. I talk a lot about adventure. I talk about it on my blog. I talk about it on the podcast. I talk about it in my store and my shop. I talk about it on Instagram a lot. And I think sometimes people get the idea that when I talk about adventure, I mean picking up and heading out on something like a four-week road trip. That's not what it means. When I talk about adventure, I'm talking about approaching whatever happens in life with the idea that we don't know exactly how it's going to work out and that's okay. In fact, that's exciting and that can be fun. Adventure by its very nature means that something is about to happen. The root of the word, it goes back to the Latin word, meaning about to happen. Something is coming and you don't know exactly what it is or exactly how it's going to work out or exactly how it might feel or look but isn't that true of life even if you have your trip all planned out to every detail do you really know exactly how it's going to go and one question further does it actually always go according to plan my perspective is that we never really know exactly what is going to happen even with things that we have planned and you know down to the minute details we don't know exactly what's going to happen. So if we can prepare ourselves with a mindset that is curious and excited about not knowing exactly what's going to happen or what's coming and having that be a positive thing, we will feel so much more fulfilled as we navigate what actually does happen. We will feel more able to cope with unexpected changes along the way. So I wanna share with you the five E's of adventure. These are things that can be applied to hiking Mount Everest, or taking a whitewater raft down the Grand Canyon, or they can be applied to taking your kids to the park, or they can be applied to moving across town or across the country, or they could be applied to an unexpected diagnosis for someone in the family and the mindset that you're going to put on in order to fully experience and enjoy the unexpected and unknown that is always coming your way in life. The first E in adventure is explore. You don't have to go very far to explore. You can explore ideas or concepts that you hadn't thought of you could think of learning a new skill as an adventure rather than feeling down that you are not very good at it you you know started a pottery class and you can't even get the clay to stand up on the wheel or you are trying to lose some weight and the gym feels like a foreign place to you and you don't really know you know it doesn't make you feel comfortable and so you don't really want to go the first e in adventure is explore and what happens When you explore, you are looking for things that you don't understand and learning about them. When you explore, you're tuned into the present moment. You're aware of your surroundings. You're looking for things that might be of interest and that might make an impact. The idea of exploring can be applied to any situation in your life. It opens you up with the... Understanding that you don't already know what is there. Because if you already knew what was there, you wouldn't have to explore. So the first E in adventure, being explore, is letting yourself know and accept that you don't know everything. <laughs> that you don't already know what's going to happen or what this is going to look like or you know how this is going to play out. Allow yourself to explore the circumstances of your life and you will be better prepared to approach them in a way that is fulfilling. The second E in the adventure mindset is to experience. Actually experience the thing that you're going through. I think the idea of a four-week road trip with a five-year-old, three-year-old, and six-month-old sounds terrible to a lot of people because they it's easy to project all of the things that could possibly go wrong and like imagine just like lots of crying and like what would we do where would we go in the moment though you don't experience something like that as a whole you experience it moment by moment and hour by hour and day by day and this e experience means to keep yourself present in the moment it's so much easier to approach a situation minute by minute hour by hour and experience it than it is to try to swallow something whole especially with tough experiences with tough unexpected news or something like what we're going through right now that our house is under construction during the holidays very unexpected and instead of decorating and putting up my tree this week i'm sitting in an airbnb managing estimates coming in and out as a whole like backing up That feels like a really kind of hard thing, but in the moment, right here, right now, I'm sitting here, I'm in a cozy chair, I'm recording this podcast, which is one of my very favorite things that I do every week. I'm cozy, I've got comfortable clothes on, I had a great breakfast, my kids are off at school, my dog is down laying here on the floor next to me. Like, this moment isn't terrible. This moment isn't overwhelming. This moment feels really good. So if we're able to use the second E, to form our adventure mindset and be present in the moment and experience it, we will find that life is so much more wonderful moment to moment than it is if we try to back it up and project all of our ideas onto it. Number three, the third E in adventure. <laughs> which is funny because there are actually only two E's in adventure. But the third E in the idea of an adventure mindset is to enjoy. I think that we can enjoy any experience that we are having if we want to. And some way, sometimes we get to do it in kind of tricky ways. So years ago, I wrote a blog post, and I'm going to actually link it into the show notes so you can go back and read it. I wrote a blog post about how I enjoy doing the laundry, because doing the laundry is one of my least favorite tasks. But when I pair it with some other things that I do enjoy, all of a sudden it becomes more more fun. And so in the post, I talk about listening to great music. Now I listen to podcasts when I'm doing laundry, um, watching a really fun show, having a treat next to me as I am folding. And you can do things or add things to an experience to make it more enjoyable. So if you're thinking of how to create an adventure or um, have how to enjoy something more fully that you may be a little bit apprehensive about, think of some of the things that you generally enjoy and add those to the experience and it will help you more fully enjoy it. Maybe it's as simple as wearing your favorite shoes to an appointment that you're not very excited about. Um, If you can pad some tricky experiences with creature comforts and things that you feel comfortable with and that you already do enjoy, then the whole experience becomes elevated. What are your very favorite things? How do you add those things to some of your experiences that are a little bit harder? One of the things to use my four-week road trip as an example, I really love eating in cool local restaurants. And so one of the things that I did in order to help that experience stay fun and exciting and enjoyable was instead of just driving through McDonald's on repeat for four weeks, which would have made all of us a little bit crazy, not to mention maybe a little sick, a gas stop before lunch or the day before I would start looking up along what looked like it would be our route for the next day and find a little place, a little dive, a hole in the wall that seemed like a really fun place to eat. And we would add that to our itinerary. And we'd pull in and I got to experience all of these really fun cafes and diners and little funny restaurants all along this route throughout that whole section. And we had some favorites and some were total misses. And it was still hilarious because it was all part of the experience and so we built in some enjoyment. If you can add some things to create enjoyment in whatever it is that's that you're going through, you will feel better about it overall. The fourth e in creating an adventure mindset is enthusiasm. What is enthusiasm? Gosh, it is such a powerful tool. Enthusiasm is simply positive energy. It's bringing positive energy to whatever you're going through. Someone who is enthusiastic is looking forward to what's happening is excited and maybe not bouncing off the walls but feeding positive energy into life an adventurer like a you know pirate searching for golden nuggets <laughs> what do pirates search for a pirate searching for a treasure chest has to have enthusiasm because enthusiasm is what keeps her moving forward. Enthusiasm is that positive energy that propels us on toward the experience that's happening. And within the experience is searching for the good that can renew that positive energy. So I've talked several times in this podcast about optimism and about bringing positive energy to the tasks that you're doing. This is such an important part of cultivating an adventure mindset because none of these things, none of the ease that I've talked about so far, explore, experience, enjoy, and enthusiasm, these things do not require that we have any prior knowledge to employ them. We don't have to know what's going on in order to explore, experience and enjoy and and do so with enthusiasm. And the truth is we never really know exactly what's going on. If we start to tell ourselves that we have a very clear picture of the way that our life is going to look tomorrow or the next day or a year from now, we're probably delusional because I don't know about you but I look back over my entire life and I don't know that there has ever been something that went exactly according to plan. Something is always a little bit off of my expectation. And that is why approaching life with this adventure mindset allows for such fulfillment because you release yourself from the expectation that is often unmet anyway. You prepare yourself for enjoying what happens rather than wishing it were the way that you thought it was going to be. So enthusiasm is an important E in our adventure mindset. The final E in our adventure mindset, number five, is enterprise. Enterprise is a word that means to be resourceful, innovative, use your imagination and your ingenuity. Enterprise means to find creative solutions to whatever your problem might be. An adventurer uses enterprise. An adventurer is creative and resourceful. Think of the people, have you ever watched Survivor? I haven't watched it very much, but I feel like I've lived Survivor in a couple of my different jobs, ones that I've talked about in other episodes, like being a river guide and being a wilderness counselor where we're out like actually foraging for food in some situations. When you are on an adventure, you are consistently thinking of new ways to solve the problems that that come up. When you are on an adventure, you are looking for tools. You're looking for the best resources. You're aware of what skills you possess and what things you can work on. Using enterprise as a overall principle of this mindset puts us in a position to be creative looking for solutions it turns us into problem solvers rather than problem creators and rather than just like sad mopers we start to look for little loopholes and little tricks and little things that we can use to make the situation different or better or more like we want because we are we've put on our our hats that say i'm going to help with my ingenuity i have skills that will actually make a difference in this situation i'm going to employ them so enterprise feels really fun to me it feels like no matter what comes our way we're going to work it out it's the perfect final e to our adventure mindset now let me go back and review all five e's of an adventure mindset remember having an adventure mindset doesn't only prepare you for climbing a tall mountain, although it does do that. It also prepares you to approach whatever happens in your life in a way that you feel more freedom and more fulfillment throughout the process. Here are the five E's of an adventure mindset. First is explore. Stay curious and keep your eyes open as you approach a new adventure. Number two is to experience. This means staying present and being aware of what is happening right now. Understanding that this moment is more a part of the experience than what has already happened or what's coming. This moment is what you have and you can experience it fully. Number three, enjoy. Find ways to enjoy whatever the experience is. Whatever that adventure, the unexpected that comes your way is, how can you add some things that you already know that you like to the experience to make it even more enjoyable. Number four is enthusiasm. That positive energy that propels us forward and helps us to pay attention to all of the good things that are happening that we can use as further energy builders to get through the experience. Does that make sense? I love the idea of thinking of enthusiasm as seeking out energy building within an experience that can continue to generate more energy and more enthusiasm. And number five, enterprise. This really wonderful word that sums up ingenuity and creativity and problem-solving skills. When we approach our experiences with enterprise, we automatically put on the hat of wanting to creatively solve problems in a way that maybe hasn't been thought of before, maybe approaching it a little differently than we might otherwise. So those are the five E's of an adventure mindset. Now I want you to just think for a moment in your life how you could choose one of these principles. Explore, experience, enjoy, enthusiasm, enterprise. How could you focus on one of these a little bit deeper in order to approach the unknown in your tomorrow, in your next month, in your next year, with an adventure mindset. Can you see how, by putting these principles on as your windbreaker and your hat and your hiking boots and your walking stick, that you are prepared to think about your experiences in a different way? You are prepared with openness and with curiosity to approach whatever is happening as an adventurer would. That you're better able to navigate the unexpected and unknown and sometimes undesirable things that come your way in life because you have simply flipped your perspective. That you're not thinking about it as something terrible or something unwanted but you're thinking about whatever it is as an adventure. These are also really important principles to teach our kids. I try as my kids are approaching experiences that they're not super excited about. For example, going to get a flu shot. How can we turn that experience into an adventure, into something that we can be open and curious about and problem solve? Yeah, we know that it's going to hurt a little bit. How do we create an experience where we can enjoy it even if it hurts. Maybe that's the cool band-aid, maybe it's going to get a treat after, maybe it's reading a really fun book in the doctor's office and teaching our kids to use those skills as well. Sometimes there's gonna be things in our lives that just suck, that are just crappy and that are sad and that are terrible and tragic and that's just the way that it is. Sometimes that's what is happening That doesn't mean that we can't approach those same terrible situations with this same mindset and create something fulfilling out of them. That's my message to you today as we head into what I hope is just a really wonderful, adventurous holiday season for you. (laughs) I hope that you've gained something or that maybe a perspective has shifted a little bit in your head as I've talked through Cultivating an adventure mindset with you. And I hope now that when you hear me talk about less stuff and more adventure, that you realize that that adventure can apply to you, even if you're not outdoorsy and you don't want to go on road trips and you don't really want to take your kids even to the grocery store with you. That more adventure is really just about your mind and the way that you approach things. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I'm going to invite you to share this episode or another favorite episode with a friend. Before you've stopped listening, take a screenshot and share it to Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Let your friends know that you're listening to Live Free Creative and that you're liking it. It makes such a difference. And I also want to invite you to head over and leave a review. If you haven't done that yet, I love reading them. I share them every once in a while on the show. We're sending out really fun packages to people who are leaving reviews. So get in there, make that happen, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. See you later.